Right, tonight I will start from Romans chapter number 1 verse 16. I want to appreciate the internet audience and everyone listening and watching from all over the world. Let's celebrate them and make them warm. Clear your throat. Terrify someone we don't need to mention right now. Ready? Read. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. How many people? How many people? What do they need to do? The reason why I am sharing what I'm sharing. The reason why I'm not ashamed of the good spell. Not of my opinion. But of Christ. Is because... Inside it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. The power of God unto soteria. Unto salvation. In Romans chapter number 10 and verse 11. The Bible says, to everyone who believes. To everyone who believes. So this thing called gospel or good spell. Inside is the the preaching of it. Not just the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. Is the power of God that launches people unto salvation. In the area where it is preached. To everyone who believes. Now Romans 10 and verse 11 says. For the scripture says. Whoever believes in him. Will not be put to shame. In the area where they believe in him. Whoever. Believes on him. In that area. They will not be put to shame. But look at verse 12. Verse 12 of Romans 10 says. Because in this dispensation of grace. There is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord. Over all. Is rich unto all. Who call upon him. Verse 13 now says, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be sozo. Now the word word sozo is the spelling S-O-Z-O, but it's actually pronounced sodzo. Sodzo. And in preparing for my sermon, I first of all try to define all this, but for time. Sozo means to rescue. It means to save a suffering one. Sozo means to save someone from perishing or from disease. Sozo means to preserve. It shall come to pass that everyone that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, look at the next verse. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How? How can you Call on the Lord in the area that you've not believed. The next question, how can they believe in him whom they've not heard about? And how shall they hear without a bold preacher that is not ashamed to declare it? It is to everyone who believed or everyone who believes. But how can they believe except they hear? How can they hear except someone preaches it? So when something is being preached... It's been preached to you so you can believe. 
And the area where you believe is where you experience salvation. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor, say neighbor. The reason why pastor is passionate to preach it to you is not because if he preaches it to you, God will just do it. He has done it. The area that is apparent, the area of salvation that shows on you is the area that you have heard, but there is no way you can hear except someone preaches it. And that is why he is not ashamed to preach it. Now the gospel does not change you, but the preaching of the gospel changes you. Glory be to God. So, first of all, permit me to start by telling you that two different things can be happening on earth at the same time. Two different things can be happening on earth at the same time. You know, some weeks ago we had Passover. Year 2017, I hope you know that this is a year of jubilee for Israelites. And this happens every seven years that they will celebrate this. But jubilee is actually 50. But every seven years they... They, they celebrate their coming out of Egypt properly. But I wanted to see this. Don't focus on that. Every time Egypt is impoverished, the covenant people are flourishing. So the first thing I want you to anchor your mind with is that no matter what is happening around you, I know you've heard it before, but you see, I don't just want to say it because other people say it. I have a reason why I say it. Apart from the fact that when the world is saying casting down, you ought to declare a lifting up. Because we are on different economy. Apart from that, remember when uh, the Egyptians were flourishing for over 400 years, they had Israel under subjugation. And Israel was serving them and all of that. You remember the story. And the night God was going to save them, one night, one single night, you know what God did? God just made them so rich overnight. When all the slaves walked out of Israel, out of Egypt, guess what happened? The whole of Egypt was impoverished. Because that amount of slaves, 2.5 million slaves, Walking out of the economy. The economy just knows dived. And then they came out with silver and gold. Are you all still here? So while Egypt was complaining, guess what was happening to Israelites? They were rich. So that is what we are celebrating in this season right now. And I have noticed that is what Easter is all about. And I've noticed that every, every time, every seven years, something shifts on earth. Every seven years, something shifts on earth. So, there's a kind of shift that is happening again this year in finance. And I'm not talking about Nigeria, I'm talking about the world. So, you're going to hear uh, a little bit of bad news. 
Oh, this is happening somewhere. They're taking people's homes. This one is happening. Make up your mind that while Egypt was impoverished, the children of Israel, they were not just claiming it. They were smiling away. Tap your neighbor and say, it's payday for the body. Tap your neighbor and say, anchor your mind with that. Because let me tell you what is happening right now. You may have increase in your account. God may be blessing your business. But because you are hearing every day, recession, 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 recession. In your mind, fear, fear has been sent into your mind. So even when God blesses you, you're like, oh, I'm sure it's just for a while because there's recession, recession, recession. And it's because people like me are not preaching it. So the reason why I'm preaching it is not because I wanted to give. I wanted to anchor your mind. And know that in this season, God can bless you. And I'm not just saying it as a cliche. I'm telling you what happens every time. When there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. When their firstborns were being slain, this ones, their firstborns were not touched. So understand that. That when they are saying they're casting down, you will shout, there's a lifting up. Did you catch that? Okay, let's celebrate Jesus somebody. Because the word you don't understand is the word the devil can steal from you. Alright? Proverbs 11 and verse 24. Proverbs 11 and verse 24. Amen. Praise the Lord. Clear your throat again. <clears throat> Ready? Read. Tap your neighbor's there is one. Say, are you the one? <laughs> there is one. Who does what? What does it do? Somebody say the key word is yet. Say the miracle in that verse is yet. Say you can do this and yet increase. That's what the Bible says. There is one. The difference between you and the person you are seated near may be this scripture. There is one that scatters yet increases. But there's another one who withholds. There's nothing wrong with savings. There's nothing wrong with withholding. But look at what this guy did. He withheld more than it is right. But it leads him to... If you forget anything I say, don't forget that phrase. It was not God that did it. It. Not he. It. That action opened the door to him into poverty. God has nothing to do about it. And many times, the only thing the devil has to do about it is to make you to withhold more than necessary. It's not that powerful. And that leads you, that action leads you to poverty. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor say, there is one. Look at message translation of that verse, verse 24. I'm taking it gently because I don't want to impose things over you. I want you to see it for yourself. Hallelujah. Because understanding will make you outstanding. Yeah, because, you know, we have different people preaching all sorts of stuff. And an average Christian today is confused. They don't even know what to believe anymore. So what some pastors have resorted to doing is gimmicks. I believe in preaching faith. 
not gimmicks. I teach you to trust God. And that's how things will work. You'll be shocked what your colleague, your neighbor will do if I brought 16 chairs on this place and I anointed it. And I said each seat is 100k. You'll be shocked that the person who would have given five naira in this service, 100k will come out. Because he prefers that. He prefers that gimmick. That's not right. That's not right. Hallelujah. The message translation says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the generous Christian gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller. Isn't it not interesting that the reason why the guy was stingy was because he thought if he gave, it would not be enough. But it's making him smaller and smaller. Happy neighbor, say, Why are you quiet? So, what's wrong with you? Amplified version, quickly. Amplified version. So, many times when you are stingy, particularly towards God, you are ruining yourself. You see someone, does it not surprise you? You see someone all made up near you on your seat or your row. And it's offering time, then they squish something. And you're wondering, what's wrong with you? Even you're here. You're here. Or even your phone. Or the kind of car keys I'm seeing with you can pay for the bills of one service. But you are not rich towards God. Amen. What's going on today? <laughs> Ready? Read. There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. There are those who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due. The result is only once. You're just wanting. You're just in luck. You hold back more than what is due. Right? So from here, I can tell you that everything, not only money, everything God gives to you should be compartmentalized. And I don't want to, I'm not a financial expert. I don't want to be telling you this is how much you say, this is how much you do this. But I can tell you, basic thing the Bible says, bread and seed. It has nothing to do with the devil, has nothing to do with God. If you found someone with hundred seeds and it consumes the whole hundred, it by default, next harvest is going to be hungry or beg. Amen? It has nothing to do with Satan. It has nothing to do with God. By the system God has put in place, you have no business with lack. But the enemy is smart. All he needs to make you do is to withhold more than necessary. Whether you spend it on airtime or you, 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 you make whatever it is you spend it on. You do not withhold more than. Tap your neighbor and say, listen to this man talking to you. Don't start throwing attitudes. Say, listen to him. You need to listen. We need to. Because what God has called you to do, you need finance for it. 80% of your depression is lack of money. 90% of failed marriages is lack of money. You see someone who is down right now and he gets an alert and suddenly 
Joy is not unspeakable, speakable. Full of glory. So why are you pretending? An average person who is even a Christian in 21st century can do anything for money. As long as they are sure that money is at the end of the tunnel. So why are you doing like, why are you not listening to me? And then you get money and your conscience is wrecked. You can be blessed with this one I'm sharing with you and be in place and still love God. Psalm 112. I'm going to go back to that Proverbs 11. Psalm 112 says, Psalm 112 verse 1, Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who honors the Lord. That's the word fear. And who delights greatly in his instructions. The Bible says in verse 2, that wealth is descendants, number one, will be mighty, not in heaven, but on the earth. The generation of that upright will be anointed to prosper. That's the word blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And then, his relationship with God will be solid. I think I should start having my version of the Bible. But that's the meaning. His relationship will be solid. It's a time that God will meet at night and say, you know what, write a million dollar check and send it to Haiti. He said, yes sir. He's the one. If God is looking for someone that wants to cry, he comes to you. Or if he's looking for someone to give, never. Do you know, I find it strange that even some of the people I call my mentor, and I respect and I love and I appreciate, when they are preaching and they say, the Lord told me to do this, and I say, oh Lord, I bind you. Do you know, truly from my heart, truly from my heart, I'm wondering, why, why, why? With all these years of walking with the Lord, <laughs> how many of you can trace three times in your life that God said you should give something, you give it, and God exploded you? Boom! It's just like saying, um, um, I had invested in my bank before, and the interest was such and such amount, and then my bank came to me to add more, and I'm scared. Why would I be scared? Particularly if it's a central bank, or a bank that cannot fail. Why am I scared? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I will tell you the reason why it is so. It is because a lot of people give out of fear, out of duress, but not out of trust, faith, and love. And that's the reason why a lot of people are paying tight, a lot of people are giving, but they are not getting results. It took big brother, whatever organization, money, to, to be on TV for the period and no program. People are having their vats and they are paying their time. People are brushing their teeth, they are paying their time. People are just talking. You see, if eh? Yeah. And people are, people are. Now, I've never watched it, trust me. But when I began to see, you know, Akororo, you know, showcase one person, if and they said, oh, it was the one that won. I knew that name. Amen? Yeah. I wouldn't do that. 
And I'm not condemning you if you do that. If it's fine, if your conscience is good with that kind of stuff, I'm okay. God bless your heart. <laughs> Where was I? So he took money for them to put all of that there. So that's the edge that the kingdom of this world has over you and I. And that's why you must, as a matter of responsibility to your kingdom, go for this thing. It's not just about you and looking good and everything. No. There's an assignment over your life. Your salary can never foot the bills. Never. That's why you must go for it. Start releasing your faith towards it. I'm not saying step out tomorrow and go and say, Hey, I'm building the skyscraper. No. Start releasing your faith. Bit by bit. Hallelujah. Now you see that you need to put your income and your blessings in portions. Because there's such a thing as holding beyond necessary and then it introduces the person into poverty. Now I want to share with you, I'll take a detail and share something with you then I'll come back to what I've been talking about. I want to talk to you about the concept of blessing that is in your covenant. The concept of blessing. And I'm going to separate and try to explain to you the difference between the blessing in the Old Testament and the blessing in the New Testament. And you understand how to you know, position yourself to, for the blessing of God to be apparent upon your life. In Proverbs chapter number 10 verse 22, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. If anybody tells you that Satan cannot bless you, the person is lying to you. You can join Illuminati or join some other cults that we don't even know about. And then you, you, you just bring out a record and say, Yaga, yaga, ya, yaga, yaga, ya. And it's going to sell, boom, the next morning. Satan has the ability to do that. But sorrow will be added to it. But this one has no price. The blessing of the owner, the Lord. Look at the keyword, mix. Never believe anybody who tells you that there's no anointing for success. Never believe anybody who is secularized in his mind. Or is a humanist or is a, is a secularist or is trying to sound modern. Or maybe he wants to sound, you know, touche. And he removes the power out of Christianity. Never believe such. Stop believing in yourself. Believe in yourself because the hand of the Lord is upon you. Stop looking at your strength and summing up your life. Know that there is a force behind you that is beyond normal. The blessing of the Lord. Do you know you could replace that word with anointing? The anointing of the Lord makes riches is not actually the blessing. But it is the product that a blessing upon your life produces. You know, dry leaves are moving all over. You're seeing paper, seeing everything. And you caught one and you said, this is the wind. Is that not foolish? 
those things were moving because there is an invisible force blowing it called the wind and when it settles the paper and the leaves settles so there is an invisible force made available to God's children that makes them get wealth now the way it's going to happen you will not go well yeah yeah bail of naira yeah no How many of you noticed that when you give your life to Christ, suddenly your memory came back? You became more intelligent. The, an understanding heart was given to you. You just wrote an exam. Others are telling you, hey, this exam, I write it four times. You just wrote it. Pam. Or even if you wrote it three times. And every other person had first class, second class, you had third class. And then you went in for the interview. And one strong person on the panel says, you see all this first class and second class people. They will soon move on from here. And the amount we spend on training here is much. They have more opportunities. This guy looks smart. And they start asking you questions. Instead of asking you questions while you have third class, they start asking you questions. When you victimize the school, did you lose a parent while you were in school? Did you have no finance? And they say, no, there must be something that happened. This guy is intelligent. And they break protocols for your sake. And they say, let's put him under probation for three months. Some dumb person will say, you know what? I dazzled them. You know I can talk. I talked and they were shaking. But a smart person would know that that's the blessing of the Lord. That's the blessing of the Lord. That's the blessing of the Lord. You get to the airport. They say, hey, you came late. They shut the gate. And someone says, wait. Gets the walkie-talkie, talks to someone, and says, there's someone here. And then they hold the plane. And for you to go there. And you got in. And while you got in, the person, you know, the training you went for, probably in London, the guy was just fixing his eyes on you. Fixing his eyes on you. We look everywhere, but fix his eyes on you. During break, he comes to you. What's your name? I says, well, there's this thing I need to tell you about. Have you, have you, were you planning to do your master's? I say, no, I don't have money. Well, fill this form. There's this a scholarship. It takes a smart person to know that that's the blessing of the Lord. That's the blessing of the Lord. There is nothing you have that you have never, there is nothing you have today that you did not receive from God. That is why in the kingdom, it is, Bishop Oedebo says something that changed my life. He said there is no achievement. There's only receivement. You've received everything. Do you know there are people here that have not even completed the the university education. If you mention the primary school you went to, some people went enter under the chair. But when you speak, you just flow. It's the blessing of the Lord. It's the blessing of the Lord. Some people can eat. <laughs> I used to have a guy that, used, that, that, that lived in my house. I mean, the guy used to live in my house. If he ate a bowl of eba, his stomach would be flatter. That's the blessing of the Lord. 
That's the blessing of the Lord. That's the blessing of the Lord. You don't know that the song you used to sing in primary school is true. Some have food but cannot eat. Some can eat but can't. It's the blessing of the Lord. It's the blessing of the Lord. I don't like taking a detour because I I have to close on time. But listen to me, there are some of us that did not do what we ought to do at the right time. Bible says the blessed man bears his fruit in a season. Have you ever seen a grown cow drinking milk before? It's only baby cows. Calves drink milk. So if you cannot afford to buy 100% milk for your child right now, you are making them miss something. Dr. Murdoch was coming. You know what he was requesting for? 2% at his age. He can only take 2% lactose. So if you don't take it right now, when will you take it? You know, growing up, daddy used to have nine meats. And you will have one. The reverse should be the case. Daddy should have one. You should have nine. Because you are the one that needs it. Am I talking? I said all of that. If you don't prosper now, when will you enjoy When? And I'm not preaching this thing from the selfish perspective. But I just needed to mention that. Our time is going. Success is measurable progress at reasonable time. If you bought your first Ferrari at age 90, who wants to drive it? But please shut that down because I'm not preaching selfish or uh, personal things here. We're talking about destiny and we're talking about the kingdom of God right here. Am I making sense? So look at the New Living Translation of uh, Proverbs 10.22. New Living Translation. Let's read. Ready? Read. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Stop. And say with the evidence on this on the board. Tap your neighbor, say with the evidence on the screen. I can now straighten my mind and believe that there's something available to the body of Christ that can make a person rich. Announce to the person here, you say, I'm the person. When you see someone who is not rich towards God, it is because either they are self-made or they did not know that God was the one that made them. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and adds no sorrow with it. Psalm 107 and verse 38 Psalm 107 and verse 38. Remember, I always build foundations. The Bible says in Psalm 107 and verse 38, He also blesses them. He also empowers them to prosper. They introduce a new software in your organization. Everybody's talk. You just engage that thing. Pa, pa, pa. Holy Spirit just taught you. Go this way, go this way. You understood it. So, because of that, you are the one they will send to do this. You are the one that will head the department because you are the only one that, can, that understands it. He also blesses them. 
Tap your neighbor and say, he does this one also. And then multiply them greatly. And by that blessing, it does not allow their finance. Because their finance was measured with cattle in those days to decrease. Tap your neighbor and say, I need to straighten my mind again. Say, it is possible for God to bless me that I multiply greatly and my finance will never decrease. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. In Psalm 113, 113 and verse 7. Psalm 113 and verse 7. The Bible says it raises the poor out of the dust. Ah, somebody says spiritual poverty. Pastor Biotin is not real poverty. And lift the needy out of the harsh heap. Verse 8. And what does it do? The reason why it lifted him is that it may set him with the princes. And with the princes of his people. Somebody here, literally, the scripture will be a reality in your life because you will sit at the Senate very soon. They will take you from the back and they will beg you with it and say, You are the one that can help us here. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. In Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verse 11, God sounds a warning. He says, The way I do this thing, if you're not. If you don't understand, if you're not spiritual, you may not know that I'm the one doing it. Say, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. If you see anyone who forgets God, there were people who either went to the devil for it or they did not know that it was God. Beware. Think about who you were. Think about years of struggles. There are people in this place, your husband died, your father died. Everybody cried at the barrier, not because your father died, but because they were thinking, how will these children survive? Look at how you survived, and yet you're forgetting God. The Bible says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Look at verse 12, everybody. Verse 12, it says, lest when you have eaten and are full, and you have built beautiful houses and you've dwelt in them, verse 13, and when your, your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And then it goes to verse 17. Look at verse 17, everybody. Then you say in your heart. Nobody ever says it out of their mouth. You say in your heart, my power... And the might of my hand have gained me this level. Listen, I worked hard. I studied hard. Hmm? I, stu- I worked in cold. In winter, I went three years straight, forgetting that there were people who worked seven. And when they gathered, something blew it away. <laughs> that you even had plans, and those plans came to pass. It's God. Say, you know, I'm a, I'm a planner. Really? <laughs> Verse 18. Verse 18. He said, you shall do what? The Lord your God. Tap your neighbor say, there's the Lord that prospers. So he places an anointing upon you. There's a gift that will just rise. As a matter of fact, God knows what we're trending in 2020. It positions you right. Imagine me. When I, was a, when, I be, when I became a pastor, when I received ministry, ministry was not like this. <laughs> I was one of those that when I received ministry, 
People looked at me and said, yeah, ah, Kai. Eh? And you said you heard God. I had people tell me many, many times, how did you know God called you? Tell me. Bothered people. But I just blindly followed God. He's now trending to be a pastor. Everybody now looks at you like you're a thief. (laughs) It's not so. Hallelujah. David said, the Lord shall choose my inheritance for me. Because God knows the beginning from the end. Hallelujah. Look at that. You shall remember the Lord your God. Look at that. For it is He. It says, you have overcome little children, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The world has a he controlling them. The kingdom has a he controlling the kingdom. For it is he that gives you power. Can you replace that word with blessing? It is he that gives you blessing. Can you replace that word with anointing? It is he that gives you anointing. Can you replace that word with grace? It is he that gives you grace to get wealth. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. The word get, who can tell me the Hebrew word? I've said it many times here. Asa. Asa. And God formed man out of the dust of the ground. So they the con- connotation here is not that it gave you power to go and collect. It gives you power to create. Yatsar. To form it. It gives you the raw material and gives you the know-how. So that when you just look at something and you say, no, no, no. no. This church can be like this. And then it, it's so done in a subtle way you think, oh, that's me. I'm the one. I thought about it. But it's not true. It's an anointing. It's an anointing. Let me tell you the truth. When Dr. Mensah Alterbill came here, now all over the world is one of the most respected pastors on earth. Consults for presidents. Speaks at T.D. Jakes. I mean, if someone is speaking at T.D. Jakes, pastors and leaders, what, what else? And he got downstairs and said... Do you know what you have? <laughs> I said, sir, honestly, don't flatter me. He said, listen, I've never seen this before. He said, particularly the way you think is not normal. And he said, you know, he said, Pastor Biodo, when I teach the Bible, they're just my thoughts. So when people say, oh, how do you teach? He said, it's nothing to me because it's just my thought. I said, sir, let's exchange. <laughs> it's an anointing. Everybody celebrates it, but you know. You know. You know that it's not your reading, it's not your story. You know. After being in ministered here, he went downstairs and I entered with him. I said, sir, how do you do this thing? So, but you were watching me. You know, Benny is very. So, but you were watching me. I just forgot about the people I was just worshiping God. Okay, you go there, forget about the people who worship God. <laughs> you will forget you are safe on the stage. But you are your safe, we'll be forget, we'll forgotten on the stage. 
Am I talking? Alright. I haven't said that. Then let's go to Malachi 3. Malachi 3 and verse 8. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm getting blessed. So even though you don't look it, but I'm getting blessed. You don't look like you're getting blessed, but I'm getting blessed. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And then it says, in tithes and offerings. I'm going to read to verse 10, but hold it right there. Now, there are many interpretations to this. But I believe, it's just my interpretation, that God feels he could have done more. But people are robbing him of the privilege to make him do what his heart will really love to do. That's my belief. And I believe this for a long time. I believe that God wants the opportunity to lift you up, to announce you. He's the first to get the glory out of your increase. He's the first to call the devil and say, Devil, have you seen my daughter? He's the first. He set you on the path of righteousness for his namesake. His name is involved. So when he says, and I told you the story on Sunday about Oral Roberts' first son. When he said, you robbed me of doing this, of doing this, of doing this, of doing that. I believe strongly, personally. You don't have to believe what I believe because it's not clear like that in the Bible. But I believe that God wants to do more with you. And when he wants to do more with you, he brings you into covenant. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says in verse 9 of Malachi 3, it says, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me even this whole nation. Now, if you look at this, this is Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you do something and then you are blessed. You do something, then you are cursed. But it's different in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. What I just read to you now is a curse that comes with the law. But Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Haven't become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. The reason why Christ became a curse for us is that the blessing of Abraham, look at verse 14. And listen, if you don't get this, you'll not be able to get the other things I want to say. That, no ambiguity. The reason is that the blessing of Abraham can come upon an Ekiti man. The blessing of Abraham, remember, remember, a blessing is an anointing. There's an anointing upon Abraham, functioning upon the Jews. The blessing of Abraham. So everything about grace, new creation, traces back to the blessing of Abraham. So you cannot talk about grace and talk about uh, new creation without latching on to what God told Abraham. That was why Jesus said, Abraham, rejoice to see my day. In Hebrews 11, he actually got to the place that God told him to go, but he began to live in tents because he sought for another city. He was a prophet. He knew that that was not the city. He was looking for Zion. 
whose builder and architect, a city with foundation, whose builder and architect was God. He knew, he saw the born again thing ahead of time. That was why Abraham, after Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and people were becoming born again to go to heaven, he was one of the first set to be born again. He had to be introduced to new creation. He had to receive the new life to go with Jesus to heaven also. So we are latching on to, never forget, it's not another program. We are latching on to the blessing of Abraham. What is flowing to us actually is the blessing of Abraham. When God blessed Abraham and his seed, that seed was not Isaac, the seed was Christ. So you can't separate it. But some people, when they teach grace, they've forgotten that we were linked to Abraham by grace. Hallelujah. Okay, very quickly, let's look at the dispensations. Media guys, help me out. I want to show people different dispensations. I've mentioned it before, uh, but I want to show you different dispensations. Are you ready for me? The first dispensation is the dispensation of innocence. Adam did not know anything about the devil. did not know anything about any sin or anything. It was just naive. It was just innocent. All he did was to love God and God loved him back. He didn't need to bind any devil. He didn't need any wala. Now the next dispensation, when they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, was the dispensation of conscience. When Cain killed Abel, you didn't need anybody to tell Cain. Cain knew that what he did was wrong, even though no man had ever died before. His conscience told him. And when God said, where's your brother? He attacked God back. Am I my brother's keeper? So conscience was what ruled and guided man at that time. And then we came to the disposition of human government. When human beings became very antagonistic towards God. Nimrod championed it. At this point in time, the introduction of this man called Noah was moving near. And while Noah was building the ark... Some demonic beings on earth were were building cities like Sodom and Gomorrah. And things were happening there. Human beings will look up to God and speak to heaven. And point to God. Human beings began to take over. They began to discover things. Discover metal. Discover iron. And those who had the technology to discover these things. They were fallen angels roaming around all over the earth at this time. And they were teaching human beings things. If you take this purple leaf and mix it with this leaf and mix it with this leaf, you can suspend. Really? You see this leaf? It's weed. Smoke it. You see double. <laughs> they began to teach them. They began to pollute the pure stock. Teach them rubbish. So human beings became antagonistic towards God. And then the next dispensation was promise. God met a man called Abraham. And began to talk to him. This guy, have you listened to my message? Uh, uh, Beware of the Chaldeans. Eh? Go and buy the tape. The Chaldeans were the Old Testament type and shadow of demons. That was where Abraham came from. He came from the awe of Chaldeans. That was why God told him, get out of that family. And found him. And when he circumcised his first son, he became the first Jew. He was the first person from the side of the, from the, side of the Garden of Eden. He was the first person that crossed river Euphrates. When he crossed, he became the first Hebrew. God told him, cross. I want to start a new stock. 
And God now began to discuss with him about Jesus Christ and said to him, you know something? I want you to be different. That's why there's no culture like the Jewish culture. There's no, I'm not saying they're the best, but nobody's like them because they started it. They may be German, they may be, they may be uh, Canadian, they may be, but they're Jew. a Jew is a Jew. You follow what I'm trying to say? Houses in Ghana are different from houses here. But a Jew is a Jew because nothing like that started. God started it for himself. He chose them for himself. Did you catch that? So God started and started relating to Abraham according to his promise. Remember that Abraham married his sister. The next dispensation is the dispensation of law. And in the dispensation of law, if you marry your sister, God can kill you. You understand what I'm trying to say? But go back to promise. In promise, God now began to show himself to Abraham in covenant. And then he released a blessing for him that we are now latching on to. It should have been promise and then grace. Because actually the promise was grace. But if grace came, we wouldn't have valued grace. So the promise was made and God thought, how can they value grace? How many of you flew into Abuja airport when they just opened it? Sir, did you fly when it was at Kaduna? You flew. For the first time you were landing in Abuja, you were like, oh, thank God for Abuja. <laughs> I did not value the Abuja airport until I traveled via Kaduna thrice. Fly seven and a half hours, eight hours, and then start driving down. And so somehow in my head, I had condition to Kaduna. And then they said, welcome to Abuja. I said, really? So I'm getting to my house in 30 minutes. Okay, oh, praise God. Anyway, I just said that so that you understand that if it was promised and then we step into grace, we will not value. If John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, they would have beaten him and beaten Jesus. But if law was introduced, law was actually introduced for man to know that they could not survive without God. And they could not obey that law. And then when they slaughtered ordinary goats and calves, and their sins were covered and forgiven, somehow on their inside, their mind told them, if this real lamb comes, it's worth it. They now understood what atonement was all about. Are you following what I'm trying to say? So law was just a temporary introduction to make man know that it's not self-sufficient. It should have been promised and then the fulfillment of the promise, which was grace. So there's a link between grace and promise. Did you catch what I'm trying to say? So after then, God gave the law to Moses. And after the dispensation of law was grace. And then we see the apostles from Acts chapter number 2. And then between grace and the next one is the seven years of Tribulation, three and a half years, the Antichrist will negotiate, be putting internet in place, be putting, you know, all those reality shows in place, linking the world, making it a global village, and then three and a half years is going to come out fully and say, if you don't have this mark, you're not going to survive. At that time, the body of Christ would have raptured. Israel will still be on earth. So between grace and the millennial reign of Christ is seven years. And then we now have the millennial reign of Christ. Bible says we will come to Megiddo. We will land at Olives and Olives will split into two. And there will be a battle at Megiddo. Bible says the weakest of us will be the strongest of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Bible says Christ will reign in Jerusalem for 1,000 years. That is what is called the millennial reign of Christ. But now where are we? We are in grace right now. 
remaining one more dispensation. Just like the children of Israel went round Jericho seven times, and on the seventh day, they went seven times, representing the seven years of tribulation. And then they called down the wall of Jericho, and then Rahab was not seen anymore, because Rahab represented the church, and Rahab had raptured. Hallelujah. That's for another day. But, I wanted to see that Christ died, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentile. Stop looking at the Bible as Old Testament and New Testament. No, there are seven dispensations. Now, you wouldn't hear tithe in Genesis 3. Or you would not hear tithe in Genesis 4. But the principle of the designated portion, the principle of the honor of God was represented there. Remember, I was sharing with you uh, from... Malachi 3, and I said to you that uh, God said in verse 10, you are cursed with a curse because uh, you did not pay it. And I said in the New Testament, which is grace, you are not cursed with a curse. But I will explain how it functions there. Now somebody shout hallelujah. How many are glad that I'm explaining this? All right, now. In, where shall I go? Where, 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 where? In Genesis 3. Genesis 3. Let me go to um, Genesis 14 first. Let me show you uh, what happened to Abraham. Genesis 14, 18. I don't want to read everything because of time. Now, this was what happened. Lot had separated from Abraham. And Lot started living in Sodom and Gomorrah. He left that covering, so he entered trouble. So there was a king that defeated four kings. And then they took Lot as part of the booty, part of the plunders, part of the gain, the spoil of war. So they took him and his wives and everybody. They took, they took them and then they took them away. But one person escaped and came to Abraham and said, Abraham, your nephew, Lot, has been taken captive. And Abraham said, really? Somebody who defeated five nations, five countries, Abraham took 314 slaves, trained, amateur recruits, trained in his house. And then when they met Abraham on the road, where are you going? He said, I'm going to fight so so person. You want to die? Somebody that attacked five countries, you are going with 314 untrained people. Tap your neighbor, say there's a God factor. Say that again, say there's a God factor. And Abraham got there and defeated this guy and collected everything he took back. What does that tell your intelligent mind? God, every time you have results, and you know that that result was not you. Guess who meets you? Melchizedek. He meets you on the way. <clears throat> In the Old Testament, which was the law of Moses, remember everything is Old Testament. Testament means law, uh, testament means covenant or will. So in the old will written for covenant people, remember, <clears throat> at this Genesis 14, which dispensation were we? Promise. 
It was not law of Moses. Yet tithe was practiced. Tap your neighbor and say, what's wrong with you? Say, are you okay? Just listen. So Abraham was coming. Look at verse 18, everybody. See how Melchizedek... Now, by the way, Melchizedek... Oh my God, I've heard more than 500 messages on Melchizedek. And different people have different dimensions towards it. But I and some people believe that this is the pre-incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you may not agree. Isaiah looked at Jesus and said, this is the one coming from of old, from everlasting. It didn't just appear in the book of Matthew, Luke and John. It's been coming from of old. It's the one that Abraham washed his leg. It's the one that appeared to Gideon. It's the one that told Joshua, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. Theologians call that theopanic manifestation. He appeared and went back to God. But the first time he was in a human being for 33 years was in Jesus. Did you catch that? So he appeared as a king of Salem, which was like the prince of peace. And the king of righteousness, who has no beginning or no end. No father, no mother. Who is that alpha and omega? Who is that person who that has no beginning and the end? Every time you are coming from a slaughter, from a breakthrough, the Melchizedek of the 21st century meets you up. But you see, in the law of Moses, you will give your tithe before you are blessed. But this one is different. You are blessed. And because you are blessed, you give God a designated portion. See what he said. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought bread and wine, which was a sign of communion. Guys, this is the greatest, I wish I could preach this, this is the greatest display of the picture of the new covenant. How do they make bread? They take the wheat, they knead it, they pound it, they, they, just like they beat Jesus. And you know, he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. How do you get blood? Go and see how they, 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 get, they get wine. They go, go to the wine press. They, they squeeze the thing. The, the, the grape is crying. They, they crush it, just like they crushed Jesus on the cross. And the sign of the New Testament is the bread and wine. Remember, the Bible says a certain man joining from Jerusalem to Jericho. Which was talking about Adam. Adam was that certain man. Because Jericho represented the world. I'm rushing this thing. But was attacked by thieves, left half dead. The thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He was left half dead because he did not die physically, he died spiritually. If you eat of this fruit, you will die. Hebrews says, dying, you shall die. And then the Levitical priest who saw him and could not help him. There was a certain priest who could not help him, but there was a certain Samaritan. He saw him, what did he do? He first of all bound his wound. By the stripe of his wound, we were healed. What did he do? He poured oil and wine, the sign of the New Testament. And he took him to an inn called church. And told the keeper of the inn, take two denarii. Denarii was the amount you paid. You got paid for, working for throughout a day. He gave him two denarii. A day in the hands of the Lord is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. Like he paid him for two thousand years, I think so. And he said, listen, I may exceed two thousand years, it's two thousand seventeen right now. Any amount you expend extra, when I come back. But let's take our mind from that place. 
He met him with bread and wine. Look at that. Give it to me. And look at what he said to him. Verse 19. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham. He's not giving tight. But he blessed him. I'm not sure if you saw it. He has not given tithe. He blessed him. But in the Levitical priesthood, you give tithe before you are blessed. Pastor Biano, why do you even need to tell us this? Because if I know I'm blessed already, then I don't need to pay my tithe. Listen, you have undressed you ate everything. You are still blessed. God still loves you. You have hundred, you finished it. You didn't plant any. God still loves you. But you're not stupid. But you're not cursed. You are not cursed. You are not cursed. You are not cursed. I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to show something to you now. This will change your life forever. Open this, open this, open this up. Blessed be Abraham of the Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. He's not even giving tithes. The principle was displayed when God told Adam, don't eat of this tree. This one, don't touch it. Don't touch this one. That is not tithe, but that's a principle. Because God's revelation is progressive. Abraham had a revelation of tithe. He had a revelation. He did not pay tithe because he was scared. God would deal with him. He paid tithe because he understood that that battle I fought, that was not me. Oh, that was not me. Lord, I return this to you. It was not out of fear. It was out of duress. But like, ah, let me write my check now. Mm, eh? I don't want God to deal with me. No, no. Was out of revelation, was out of understanding that this is the way we function. It shows up for me. I return his designated portion. Hallelujah. I'll show you the difference between uh, law of Moses and how this thing functions before the law of Moses and how it functions in grace. Go to Genesis 3. How many of you would like to read what happened when Adam sinned? Uh, give it to me from, let, let me see what's in verse 14. Verse 14. Yeah. Thank you. So the Lord God said to the serpent, you remember the story? Who does not remember? If you do, wave your hands to me. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are what? You are what? You are cursed. Go to verse 18, everybody. Verse 18. Oh. Go to 17. But God said to Adam, Because you have done this, forget who he heeded to. Now, can we? Can I do it again? Satan, because you've done this, you are cursed. But Adam, because you've done this, cursed is the ground for your sake. 
So in the New Testament, despite the fact that you cannot be cursed, mm. are you ready for this? My God. What did Adam do? He tilled the ground. His work suddenly started to struggle. God was not the one that cursed whatever it is. God only told him the consequences. Adam, because you did this, you begin to struggle now. Things. And then you, you, you plant strawberry before you come out. It will start bringing towns and thistles. How shall we do this now? Anyway, let's redeem you. You. You can be cursed. You. You are not cursed. But the work cursed for your sake. But go to Malachi 3, 3, Malachi 3, 9. In the law of Moses, mm -mm. you are cursed. If you got it with your instrument. Tap your neighbor and say, I can't be cursed. Say, the blessing of Abraham is upon me. But if I don't do what Abraham did, Am I talking? This thing has nothing to do with God. God is not saying, now, pay your tithe and let me love you. He loves you. I called through my protocols. I said to them, I want to help you with Huber. How much is the card? They said, four million. I gave each of them four million. One person said, Pastor, I'm burning. I'm 38 years old. I need to marry. So, let you stay. I'm doing my wedding. <clears throat> Do I hate him? It's his choice. And the rest of the two invested. That's your choice. When the three of them come to greet me, I will hug all of them. That's his choice. I personally think if you don't tithe and you're not a baby in the, in the body of Christ I think you're dumb personally why will you why, why on earth will you not see in the scripture the practice of this thing the principle of it as a matter of fact God sees it as honor now you don't need to be you don't need to honor God to be blessed you're already blessed you already, God loves you already. But trust me, there will be a difference in our work. If you think obedience does not pay in grace, try disobedience. If you think so. That's the difference between you and the person you're sitting there. Now, that's for some people. And this message is for mature people, not for babies in Christ. Abraham did not pay tithe because he was scared of God. He understood that that's the way it functions. God must have taught him something. He had a revelation of it. 
Out of all the trees of the garden, why is it that it's that one that Adam wanted to take? That was the principle. Let me show you another one. Are you all still here? As a matter of fact, if you want to understand ties, think of honor. Think of honor. How many of you have seen the scripture before that? To him that much is given, much is expected. I think tight is the base level. I think anybody that wants to enter into the deep things that we're talking about should not even struggle with tight. And at the risk of you thinking I brag, I can't remember the last time that God blessed me and it was tight I removed. I don't even calculate 40%, 25%. I just yield to my heart. Sometimes, people give me something now, and I look at someone now, and God says, you give everything to the person, and I give everything to the person. Everything. I think the more mature you are, you should. It's an issue of trust and faith and your walk with God. I don't think you're spiritual if God can touch your finance. I don't think so. I don't think so. No matter how much your tongues sound like Arabian tongues. <laughs> Anybody can practice that. Anybody can do that. Turning to... Um, so when you think about finance, you think about... Or tithe, you think about honor, think about love, think about trust. That's why the Bible does not say, give your tithe. It's the honor the Lord. All right. Um, I told you to turn into um, Genesis 4. Genesis 4. You remember the story of King and Abel? Hmm? You know, our, story, our Bible story messed us up. They brought, they showed us how that King brought unripe fruit to God like God was hungry can we read it what's going on and now Adam knew Eve you know what that means are you sure and she conceived and bore Cain and said I have acquired a man from the Lord and she bore again this time his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of sheep but Cain was a tiller of ground. Alright? And in the process of time. Let me tell you the meaning of the process of time. One day Cain and Abel tried to stroll to the garden. And their mom said, hey, don't, don't go to that garden. God has told us that. to say, who is God? This garden is beautiful. And then Cain told Abel, Abel, don't mind mommy. Mommy is still a cake and old Let's go there, climb the trees and do stuff. And then they try to enter the garden. Sha, 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 flaming sword. <laughs> and they started saying, There is God. Is. So, in a process of time, something told them that there was a force behind normal. And there was one single altar. That altar gives me a feeling. That they'd seen their parents sacrifice there before. Because one deed after another. It's not the way it was described that they had two altars. One deed after another. And in the process of the time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. He brought an offering. 
Beware of people that tell you, just give anything you want. He brought an offering. He brought an offering. Alright? Next verse. But Abel brought the first. The firstborn. The first that came out and said, this one belongs to God. This is the first. This one belongs to God. This one belongs to God. Question. Pastor Pierre, if somebody was dying beside me, really, really about to die, and all I have with me is my tithes, should I give him or bring it to church? In the first place, if the first you took was your tithe, by the time you still have your tithe with you, there should be 90% with you. Please, I'm not trying to teach you legalism. I'm not saying, if you don't remove it first, God will not... No, 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 no. I'm just trying to teach you the honor behind it. The honor behind it. You see, when you bring out your tithe here and I make you worship, it's not because I want to sing. Because we have to honor God. We don't just bring it. Look at what happened here. Abel brought the first of his flock. See, if you've been laboring for nine months over your flock... The first child, the first one that comes out, is not easy. It's not easy. That's why God says, prove me now with this one. That's the only place in the Bible because God knows it's not easy. Prove me with this. Test me with this one. The God that says, don't test your, the Lord your God. He said, with this one, test me. Because he knows it's not easy. Are you all still here? <laughs> Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord respected Abel. Who did he first of all respect? And his offering. But look at the next verse so that you don't think maybe I'm trying to I'm kind of trying to play on words. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And then Cain was angry. Is that not what happens when people see your results and they are angry? Somebody said to me, Pastor, said something like, you know, uh, you should lead by example, you should be a giver yourself. I said, really? I said, really? You know why he thinks I'm not a giver? He sees my harvest. And things, oh, if it's giving, you shouldn't have all this much. No! Bible says, so in the morning, so in the afternoon, so in the night. You don't know which one. Others keep meeting the harvest. See, some people are waiting for the next season. But some people sow every time. This harvest come. You don't even know which one. You can't say it was when I sold into Alex's life. Or when I, you don't even know. You just share testimony. Just figuring. Maybe it is that one that brought the harvest. Am I talking? You see, people get angry. Get angry over your harvest. Look at your neighbor's say, It's your business. <laughs> we, the pastors, Pastor Flo, all of us, we have a slang. I'm happy for you, Mike. <laughs> when I say this, I say, I'm happy for you, Mike. <laughs> By the way, look at that. Ready? Read. And he did not respect who? And. So it's not your offering God first of all respect. It's you. So how you bring it is important. Your heart. 
your heart. That's why don't don't give and say, hey, hmm, no, sweetheart. If we don't give this title, hmm, there will be trouble, no, hospital bill. There will be mechanic issues. It's not true in the New Testament. We're blessed. We're blessed. We may open the door for the enemy, but don't let that be your motivation. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. The next statement is my favorite part. And the Lord asked him, Cain, but the why? <laughs> Cain, but the why? Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Watch this, watch this, watch this. If you did well, will I not accept you? If you gave me the first, you just brought an offering. You did it. If you did well, will I not accept you? This was before law. This was not law. This happened, law came into being 430 years. In fact, this one about 600 years. Before the law. Bible says in the end time, people will have itching ears looking for people who will say what they want. The truth is, you are stingy. So anything that goes in line with that propensity, you will champion it. The Bible says you, you, you err because you don't know scriptures. Can I talk to my church members? If you did well, will you not be accepted? But I love this, the next thing. He said, if you do not do well, Sin is at the door. Tap your neighbor and say, if you don't do well. <sighs> you just see yourself meeting your old friend and you're doing yahoo yahoo. You just see yourself. Ah, even God knows. Say, no easy. You know, good just the day easy. I'm not saying God is the one that will curse you. But you are not handling the process well. Because God has set how things are to run in the kingdom. It's not a kingdom of confusion. Now, this will make sense to you if I tell you to turn to Proverbs 3, verse 5. Proverbs 3, verse 5. It's an issue of trust. Trust me. Most people will say, eh, it's not tight. We can even give more. Ask them the last time they give more. Ask them. It's a trust issue. You're making a force of it and fighting people. One of the ways you will know that someone is out of line is when they're not teaching the truth in love. Anytime you're so bothered about what you call truth and you're not dispensing the truth with the spirit of love, you're out of line. Fighting people, abusing people, demon of that, there's a spirit behind it. Trust in the Lord with what? Some of your heart? And lean not in your own strength, but in some of your ways. Do what? What did Abraham do when he came back from the plunder? He acknowledged. That was an acknowledgement based on trust. And it will begin to direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. But The word fear is also reverent fear, which is honor. Honor the Lord and depart from evil. Then he starts to tell you how to honor the Lord. He said it's going to be health to your flesh and strength to your bone. Then he says, what I've been saying since verse 5 is you must honor the Lord with what? Your possession. Stop this. Look at this verse. How many of you, 
will give things to the Lord and you can't tell your friends because they're going to laugh at you. <laughs> you're dumb. You mean you took that to your church? What did they tell you? Oh my God, you're dumb. Listen, I should ask who is dumb between the two of you. Maybe really you're dumb. Maybe really. Because you know the person does not have the heart of God. You know the person does not understand the things of the Spirit. Why do you go tell them? Why? So they can massage you and say, Hey, what a great giver. With this premise, I can give anything to God. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. My trust can use my car. One protocol, one pastor told me, you mean your protocol, you allow protocols to drive your car? Protocols spoil cars. I said, well, that's why, that was why I bought it. So they can use it in church. So they can use it in church. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of your increase. With what? With what? The first. So shall your ban increase. That is the way your ban will increase. They didn't say be scared. They didn't say, if you don't do it, God will slap you. He said, that is the way. Now, if you don't want your band to increase, God will relate to you. Let me tell you something about God. God was very close to Moses, and he did not ask him for counsel, how to handle the people. He didn't ask him for administrative wisdom, and he was going to kill himself, and God will come and fellowship with him every day, and God did not mention it. God is a gentleman, he will stay where you put him. So shall your band be filled with plenty and your vat will burst. That's what the Hebrew says. It will burst with new wine. Tap your neighbor say, that's the way. Say, it has nothing to do with the law of Moses. Say, that's the way. 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 Now, Second Corinthians 9 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. But this I say. Tap your neighbor say, please don't forget that pastor says this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully. Go to that verse 6. Let's read the Amplified Version. Amplified. Remember this. Stop your neighbor and say, please remember this. He who sows sparingly or grudgingly will also sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. Does this not amaze you? That life can complain to you. <laughs> yeah. You want to change your car again? Ah, no. How can you change your car every two years? No, and you are stoning heaven, Lord. Say, ah, you stood, you so grudgingly. This is New Testament. But this is not, if I don't sow now, God will be angry with me. No, he's not angry with you. It was, that's your choice. But there's some things you can't go and harass God and say, God, where is your face? He will say, right in first, Second Corinthians 9 6. Right there. I'm right there. I do not change. I'm sitting there waiting for you. Remember this, that he who sows sparingly 
And grudgingly, we also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows generously. Right? What makes people so generously? They have no. It's because they are taught. And they understand what is going on. There is no time. Put a call through to Dangote. He has an, in fact, his need is more than your own. You are, you are believing God for $5 million. He's trusting God probably for an equipment of maybe a billion dollars to do something, maybe to get a license in the nation. His needs are more than yours. There is no time till you go to heaven that you will have and say, ah, I can now give. It's understanding that makes people give. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows generously, that blessing may come to someone, will also reap generously with blessings. Go back to the New King James. I have a question for you I wanted to answer as you drive home. Was it as, was it in this stingy mood that you got here, or generous mood? Why, you, why, why do you want to stop it? Has God not shown you the way he works? Look at verse 7, everybody. Verse 7. Some of us are students. I remembered I got to my fellowship one day. BLW. As I entered, we were worshiping. And God said, look around, look around. I was in a classroom. I looked around. I said, there's no clock. I said, run out now. Go and buy a clock. There was a supermarket. Go and buy a clock. After the service, give it to a pastor. I said, Lord, I said, in this fellowship, once they see that you give, everybody will be, everybody will be. When you see people that say, I'm giving, I don't want to be known, what they're trying to say is that God forced me to do this. This is the last, I don't want anybody to call me. In case pastor sees I drop this, I want to call. No more. <laughs> they are not that, you know, you know they really appear. And that's not for everybody though, but most. I've been there too. I'll, t- I'll finish the story on Sunday. <laughs> Let each one give as he proposes in his heart. Let each one give as he proposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves the cheerful giver. Give me the amplified version of verse 7. Amplified version. Let each one give as he made up his own mind and purpose in his own heart. What he's trying to say is, if you don't want to give, I love you, it's fine. I mean, it's fantastic. Don't let anybody harass you, tell you uh, this one, that one. No, 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 no. Let each one give. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. Did you see that now? People say, when the Lord told me I was sad, but I went to do it. I don't know how people do that. And I'm not bragging, God says my heart, I'm preaching. I don't know how... Someone will, someone will say, uh, God said I should do it. Then I, 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 I was like, oh God, I bind you. Maybe I caught the revelation early. Bind what? In the first place, it came from God. That business idea. Did you realize how much you made by meeting one person and the person showing you something? You didn't know it was a blessing of the Lord? Where it came from, more can come. Look at your neighbor's face. Say, I cast out doubt out of you. Look at that, look at that, look at that. 
Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and has proposed in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. Imagine me walking out and say, you are not my partner. You are not helping me to take the gospel to the nations of the world. Get that, get that. Are you going to meet your husband and say, hey, the look pastor gave to me, I have to be a part of it. It's better you keep it than to give it. Because you will not be blessed. Pastor Adeboe went to a meeting. You know, people invited Pastor Adeboe. I don't know if it still happens. They invited him because the people knew the crowd would gather. So after the crowd gathered, the pastor just said, Whoa, we've never seen this kind of crowd in this church. This is an opportunity. They raised funds for this. They raised funds for that. They raised funds for this. They raised funds for that. Each time they brought the bowl, he would dig his hand in his pocket and put it there. After like the seventh time, Pastor Adeboe was pissed off. But they brought the offering. You know, he's a gentleman. He put his hand in his pocket, ready to give. And God said, son, don't give because I won't bless it. You're not happy, so forget it. <laughs> look at that, look at that, look at that. For God, this is where I'm going, look at that. For God loves, it takes pleasure in Tap your neighbor, say, that's me, Pastor is reading about. He takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things. And he's willing to abandon or to do without. A cheerful, joyous, prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving. Not because he's afraid. He just sees that, wow, wow, this thing has to be done. This thing has to be done. God, God, God is leaning on me to do this. And God has blessed me. I can work this out. Yeah, I can give this. I can give this. I can't delay. I can't delay because I'm sure project is going on. Prompt to do. Whose heart is in this giving? Not because he's afraid. Not because he's thinking, hey, if I don't do it today. No, 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 no. He just loves God. Tap your neighbor. Say, God cannot do without me. <laughs> say, I'm a cheerful giver. Say, it takes pleasure. He prizes above other things. And is, un- is unwilling to abandon. Or to do without. A joyous. 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 I try to raise you that when you want to give offering, it's time to scream and rejoice. But you still don't get it. Joyous. 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 Prompt to do. Glory to God. Suddenly, they just call you in your office. Boom! Paid you a bonus. Be smart. Ask God, Lord, what are you saying? It was on Sunday, a wonderful woman came to meet me and she shared a testimony of something that happened. You know, in January, I was walking from our room to the bathroom. In the middle of it, I just saw in a flash, a family looking for money in their pocket. Do you remember that story? The wonderful lady reminded me on Sunday. I didn't even recognize her again. And God said, look at them. They lack right now. They're going to have so much. And then I got up stage and I mentioned it. When I got home, the Lord said, you didn't do what I asked you to do. I wanted you to give them money. The lady was telling me on Sunday... 
and began to share some private things with me, she said, you will not believe it. I did not know where, where these and these and these will come from. But when I came the next day, I was prompt to do it. You cannot imagine what had happened to me since I gave that seed. What you give to her, what I gave to her, was not what would sustain her. It was a seed that pulled on me. It was a seed that pulled on me. What you give to me is not what will sustain me. It is also my seed that will sustain me. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. When the brook carried dried, it wasn't because God could not provide water for Elijah. A woman was going to die in Zarephath. God needed to save that woman. Because the man was enjoying himself. God had to dry it and move him to Zarephath. The woman was about dying with her child. So that sowing that seed will salvage her. Believe me, church. I'm your pastor. Your future is in your seed. You cannot even imagine what you are missing every day of your life. First Corinthians 13. I close on this scripture. Look at verse 3. Okay, I'll read one more scripture for clarity. The Bible says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, all my goods, and then I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Could it be that because you don't really do those things out of love for God? Sometimes it's show, showbiz. Sometimes it's to flex. Sometimes what God actually tells you to do is not what you do. Because if you love me, you'll do what I tell you to do. He says it profits you nothing. Your giving has to emanate from your love for God. When you see souls, when you watch the pictures of Dubai, and see all those nations, how much of your finance is there? Nobody gives because they have. They give because they are taught. Luke twelve twenty one is my last scripture. Just to explain to you because I do not want to live in a limbo. The Bible talks about this person. It says, so... He who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. There is such a thing as being rich towards God. When I was a church member attending the church where I was raised, I used to see people. In those days, there were no cards. They would open their purses and there would be a lot of money. And they will look for coin. Or look for the dirty 50 naira. In those days, 50 copper notes. Look for the 50 dirty one. And throw it. And dance. <laughs> you know where they gave? 
when they call different families, they say the family of Atoibo, they, they have given beyond the family of Aluko. They say, hey! so the other family that are doing Thanksgiving next. That was how those people used the manipulation to collect money. And it, profit, it, it profited nothing because it was not out of love. But to him that much is given, much is expected. Let us pray. Bow your heads, sit down, and ask an intelligent question. Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? Please, I want you to ask, what are you saying? Lord, what are you telling me? Why did you ask my pastor to teach in this line? What are you telling me? What are you, what are you trying to show me? There is he that scatters yet. He abounds on every side. His world is just exploding. But there is he that we're told more than necessary. Lord, am I withholding more than necessary? Even in these little states that I am, what are you teaching me? Am I missing some opportunities to launch out into another dimension? Have I been listening to the wrong people? Lord, what are you telling me? What are you telling me with this message? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand the parts that you don't understand. But there's no way I can teach for this short period and you understand everything. Say, Lord, help me. Help me, O God. I'm a man of faith and I believe God brought the word to you so you can move into another dimension. Begin to declare it ahead of time. Say, this is the least I will ever be. In the name of Jesus, grace for finance rests on me. The Lord is teaching me to profit. He's leading me the way I should go. My spirit is yielding. I'm becoming better and better. I'm becoming sweeter and sweeter. I'm catching it. I have an understanding heart. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and pray in tongues if you can. Say, Lord, I have an understanding heart. Everything I have is yours, O God. I walk in it, O God. I walk in the fullness of this revelation. I love you more than anything. I love you. Oh, more than anyone. I love you. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I love you more than anything, love. Oh, I love you.
Time. I love you. I love you. Lord, I love you. Oh, more than anything, oh God. Oh, I love you. Oh, more than anyone. More than anyone. I love you. Lord, I give my life. Say after me, Father, I heard your word and I believe your word. I confess Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I believe he died for me. I believe he was buried for me. I believe that on the third day, he was raised for my justification. And I believe right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Everything Jesus did by his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, I receive today into my life. I receive the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. Let's celebrate Jesus so much.